Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. As Archie said, my name is Stephen, and this morning we are going to be continuing our series through the book of James. And we are in our second week, uh, and this week we are going to be exploring the idea of faith in action. And so we are going to read our passage uh, as James is going to challenge and encourage us that faith in God is not just about a moment of faith, but about a life of faith. So we're going to read from the book of James, chapter 1, starting in verse 22, which if you've got one of the Bibles that's in the back of your chairs, it's on page 1,213, otherwise the verses will appear on the screen. So we're going to begin in verse 22, and we'll do a few verses from chapter 1 and a few from chapter 2. So James says this, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Verse 27 says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Chapter 2, starting at verse 14, says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. In our modern, kind of fast-paced, dynamic London life, there's not a lot of things in that world that push us towards God. That we kind of have our church stuff and our faith stuff, but a lot of the rest of our life is not drawing us always and pushing us towards Jesus. And sometimes that can mean that we slip into a bit of a mentality of having kind of God and my faith and church over here, and then kind of the rest of my life over here, my relationships, my finances, my employment, my studies, my problems, my addictions, my difficulties. And sometimes we can lose sight of what it might mean to have a full life of faith where God is, might just be a part of all of those aspects. Well, today, I think James wants to challenge his reader and us to see what God wants us to see of having a full life of faith. There are three things that I want to pull out from this passage this morning. And I'll tell you what those three things are. The first is that we need to see God's vision for our whole life of faith. The second is that we're going to need to be listeners of God's word, to hear. And finally, that we need to move our hearing into action, that we need to be a doer of God's word. So the first one, we need to see God's vision. Does God actually want my whole life? Is it okay if I keep God and faith over here and I keep the rest of my life over this side? 
Well, I want to do a very quick sweeping view through the whole of human history and into all eternity in a moment for you uh, to try and capture a bit of what God actually might have to say to us as human beings. When we think about creation, go all the way back to the beginning. I don't know if you've ever heard people talk about that when God created the world in these seven days, that at the end of it, kind of God had this perfect creation. He made this perfect thing that we then were made into and then we kind of sinned and our sinfulness kind of messed everything up. But actually the word perfection is never found in the book of Genesis. And we see that God finishes the work of creating the heavens and the earth. And we see that God, as we're added into that creation, says that it's very good. But there's not this sense that our entire future in life was just to be spent lying down in the warm grass, in the soft green pastures of the Garden of Eden, whilst the beautiful warm sunshine beat down on us and we just laid there doing nothing. As nice as that might sound. In fact, when we look at Genesis, we were never supposed to be passive. Before we sinned, God spoke blessing into humanity and said, actually, I want you to join me in the creative work on this earth. God said, I want you to be fruitful. I want you to create more human beings and come and spread out and fill this earth. He said, and I want you to work the land. I want you to continue to cultivate this garden that I have made as that is going to expand over the face of the earth. See, the image we have of God in creation and us is that we were never built to be idle, that God made this creation for us to join him in bringing God's creativeness to the rest of the world. We were built to live our faith in God. Jesus too, as we shall see, James will draw us to, modelled this. That when Jesus came, he didn't just come bringing good words. He didn't just come saying nice things. But he actually came and lived out what he came to do. Again, when we think about the end of time, when we think about heaven and everlasting life, what's our image of what that will be like? Do we think that believing in God is just about getting this ticket that will take us into some kind of restful, peaceful, blissful eternity where we float on clouds and sing lovely worship songs and just relax all day and every day? Well, maybe that is what we think, but that's not the vision that God gives us. In the book of Revelation and throughout the New Testament, the, the image of heaven and our salvation is not an escape, but it's actually God's kingdom coming and being established right here on the earth. Jesus teaches us to pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The great image is of God's city coming and descending and God ruling and reigning with us here as people, where we will live out our faith. See, we need to capture God's vision. We need to capture that heart that God has, what it means for us to be humans, what it means for us to be creatures who live a life of faith. So we need to see God's vision. The second thing, we need to be hearers of the word. Now, I have a few kids uh, and regularly, I repeat myself over and over again in varying degrees of uh, frustration and anger. 
where I will constantly over and over again say, you need to listen. Would you just please listen to me? While James will encourage us and challenge us that we can't simply be hearers, he says it's very important that we don't stop being hearers of God's word. In the book of Revelation, John tells us at the very beginning, he said, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written. There is a blessing that God gives in listening and hearing him. There are two ways I wanna encourage us this morning in how we can listen to the word of God. Firstly, which might sound simple, is that we need to read what Jesus did and said. James, throughout his book, will draw people back to the life and teaching of Jesus, and specifically to the Sermon on the Mount. A sermon that you can read in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, but a sermon that James, Jesus' brother, so he knew, was a sermon that didn't just stop as Jesus' words finished, but a sermon whose message was echoed through every single day as Jesus lived his life. Jesus lived what he said. He challenged, James challenges us that if you want to be serious about your faith in Jesus, or you want to continue being serious about your faith in Jesus, we must constantly be anchored to the life and teaching of Jesus. So if you want to be a good hearer, start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are not very big books. They will not take you very long, but they should be, they should be partners with you for the rest of your life. Those words should never leave us. Because James saw Jesus give attention to every aspect of his life. He saw him spend time with the Father. He saw him sowing into the disciples. He witnessed as his brother, Jesus doing his life and ministry. He saw him go and reach those who society deemed unworthy. He saw him having meals and healing those that nobody else wanted to go to. Jesus healed the sick. He cured those people of diseases. He fed the hungry. He raised the dead. He protected the widow and the orphan. You see, Jesus, the word made flesh, lived out what he said. James wants us to see that if you want to put your faith in Jesus, then you need to hear what Jesus said. You need to read what Jesus did. And the second way I think that we can be good listeners of God's word is to be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us today. We believe that God still speaks. When I was a child, I was at a, a Christian camp, a little bit like Focus, and in our kids' work, we, were, uh, we had somebody come in and speak about overseas missions about that God sometimes calls people to go to different places to serve God's people there. And as a child, I remember having this deep stirring in me of, I think that's what God might want me to do. And they asked our group leaders that in our little small groups of probably eight to 10 kids, we all kind of stood in a little circle, bowed our heads and closed our eyes, and the leaders were to pray. And if they felt that God had a call on a child's life to go somewhere else, that they would lay their hands on their heads. And I sat there, or I stood there with my eyes shut, so hoping, desperate that somebody would put their hand on my head. 
kind of with my eyes shut, but also kind of half opening one eye, just to kind of see where were they. I wasn't feeling anything. Were they, were they, maybe they were on the other side. And during that thing, they finished the time of prayer and no one laid their hand on my head. And I remember not being disappointed, but I remember thinking, they have not heard God, but I have heard God. <laughs> I believe that God has spoken to me that there might be something for me in this area. We need to see God's vision for us as people. And we need to be good hearers of the word of God. And thirdly, we need to put our faith into action. Listening is integral to our faith, but James challenges us that that listening and that hearing has to move into action. We have to be a doer of the word. Again, as a parent, I cannot tell you how many times, again, with varying degrees of anger and frustration, I have to admit, that I have talked to my children and said, it's all well and good that you heard me tell you to put your shoes on, but your shoes still aren't on. And we need to go, and yet you're still not ready. James says that if we have faith without action, it's a bit like that. He kind of says, if you hear the word, but you don't do it, then it's a little bit pointless. In fact, James says it's dead. James uses two examples in chapter two, a little bit beyond where our passage read, to argue this point. And one of those might seem an obvious choice. He chooses Abraham, who was the father of the Israelite nation, a man full of both faith and action. But the second one is perhaps not so obvious. He chooses a lady called Rahab, who was a prostitute from the city of Jericho. Now Jericho was that great city that stood at the beginning of the promised land. As Joshua led the people through the River Jordan into the promised land, stood in their way was the city of Jericho. And, and the nation sent spies to go and kind of scope out the land. And as they did, those spies met a lady called Rahab, a prostitute of the city. And she had heard about what God had done and she believed in who God was. And then she hid those spies and she protected them from the authorities of Jericho. She not only believed in God, didn't just go, oh yeah, I've heard about God. Yeah, I know he's good. No, she took very, very life-risking action to put her faith into practice. James says that there's a blessing for those who are doers of the word. Well, Rahab went from that situation that she was in into being her life spared as the city fell. She was welcomed into the family of God. <clears throat> and we find out later in, uh, in the book of Matthew, at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, as Matthew gives the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and Matthew boldly proclaim, proclaims that Rahab, was the great, 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 how many greats, grandmother of Jesus himself. She was blessed because she put her faith into actions. When I was nearing the end of secondary school and kind of weighing up what I should do as a next step, uh, I was kind of contemplating, should I go to university? That's what kind of most of my friends were doing. Uh, and I, was, I kept feeling this sense that perhaps that wasn't quite for me. And that voice, that, that thing I'd felt from God as a child had returned and had been kind of boiling and stewing in me. Coupled with that, I had a real desire to go and study the Word of God. 
I'd been a Christian my whole life, but I felt reading the Bible, I didn't quite get it. I wasn't quite sure what was going on in some places. Some seemed quite easy, but others didn't. And I had this real desire that I just wanted to go and get to know God. So I looked into doing theology, but there wasn't quite enough Bible for me in most theology courses. Uh, I considered pursuing a career in acting and going to drama school, which I'm glad I didn't do that. But all through this, this thing kept coming in my mind of when I was 10 or however old I was, it wasn't possible for me to live out the word that God had spoken. It wouldn't have been appropriate as as a child to tell my parents, I'm leaving home, I'm going to get on a plane, I'm going to go somewhere else in the world. But now I was at a point where maybe I could. And it kept coming back that God had spoken. And then I found out about this Bible school within this missions organisation where you could study every single book of the Bible in a year as kind of a preparation to go and serve in missions wherever you were. And I felt God say, that's what you're going to go and do. And so I did. I took a bit of a risk. I left home. I left my family at 19. I headed out into the unknown. Uh, I'd felt that God had said that I was supposed to go to South Africa. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to South Africa. And so I went there. I did this school. It was incredible. And in the end, I spent 13 years serving God and hopefully the people of South Africa there. I got to know God in such deep ways and it has challenged me that for my whole life that I need to listen to what God says and then to just do it. Not to think, oh, I wish I had, or maybe one day I will, but if God speaks, then I should respond. And sometimes we just need to take that step of action. When Jesus sat around uh, the Last Supper with his disciples and he shared bread with them and he shared wine with them, he was about to give us this incredible meal to celebrate his death and resurrection that we still do uh, in churches now. But he sat there with these disciples who didn't really have any idea what he was talking about. And as he gave them that bread and he gave them that wine, he commanded them and he didn't command them to, I want you to go and learn this in remembrance of me. Or he didn't command them to, I want you to go and figure out all of your in-depth theology about every single part of this meal in remembrance of me. Now those things are good. But what he said was, do this in remembrance of me. He said, take it eat it, taste it, (laughs) drink it. See, sometimes we need to learn, we need to just do. That as we practice our faith, as we practice living it out, then some of the rest is kind of filled in. If we just sit until we figured it all out in our heads, and then we figured out how to get it from our heads to our hearts, and then we figure out how to get it from our hearts to our hands and our feet, we might never get there. Sometimes that's the important way that we have to do it. But sometimes we just need to go and we need to do and we need to respond to what God is saying. So we need to have a vision of life with God that's a correct one and a good one. See, it's not burdensome that God wants to be in every area of your life. It's actually a good thing because he wants to bring his life into every single area. Salvation is not just this ticket. Our faith is not just a ticket to get and escape somewhere else, but it's an invitation to new life in Christ that begins right now. And that's good news. That's not, oh no, I guess God wants to be there as well. 
oh man, I just liked doing my job where I didn't have to think about God, or oh, I just really liked that thing that I didn't really want God to deal with. No, it's good news that God wants to be in everything. We need to have a vision for life with God, and we, we need to be hearers of the word. How can we be a hearer of the word today? Perhaps it is as simple as just saying, I want to read the Gospels. I want to go and read those books in the Bible that just tell me about the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Perhaps it's moving beyond just saying, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, I know about him. Yeah, no, I understand Jesus did this or whatever. But saying, actually, no, I want to discover more about Jesus. I want to know more about him. Perhaps it's, our, perhaps it's today asking God to speak to you, asking the Holy Spirit, God, would you speak and tell me something of what you want from me? Speak into an area of my life this morning. And then we need to thirdly move our faith into actions. How are we going to live out our faith this week? How can we take that risk to say, God, I am in? Perhaps there's an area where you have quite deliberately excluded God and that this morning God might want to just start to crack the door open into that area of your life. Perhaps it's in your finances or in your work or in your family. Perhaps it's about responding, as James says, to the needs of the world around us. Sam shared so many things that are happening over this time and around Christmas as to ways that we as a church are trying to reach those in need. James says that's a huge part of what it means to live out your faith in God. Perhaps you need to step into one of those areas. How can we take that risk to say, God, I'm all in? Not just to say, yes, I know who you are, but to say, I wanna take an active step in what it means to follow you. We need to capture his vision. We need to be hearers of the word. And then we need to move our faith into action. Amen? Amen. Amen.